Hi, welcome to Grace Church at Home. It's so wonderful to have you with us. I do hope you enjoyed worship just now. If we've not met, my name's Rick. I work at Grace Church in Nottingham. Uh, maybe you're a regular and uh, it's great to have you back, but uh, but maybe this is your, your first time with us or you've been along for the last couple of weeks. Uh, you, you found us online or a friend gave you a link, or maybe you're, you're one of the uh, older kids who are starting to watch the the, the preachers with your parents well it's great it's great to have you with us um, i'm going to be speaking for the next 25 minutes or so from the bible uh, and then at the end there's an opportunity uh, there'll be a, a connect button you can hit and you can just get to know uh, some of the team here we'd love to say hello see how you found it this morning uh, do do make the most of that opportunity well we are in the midst of uh, our series which we're calling in these days as we uh, explore what it is to continue as disciples of God even at a distance from one another and uh, and so far we've we've looked at uh, the importance of the Bible uh, how to pray and uh, last week Steve from King's Church in Birmingham uh, shared with us a wonderful message on uh, repentance which is which is turning away from our sin and receiving instead all that God has for us in these days if you missed any of those uh, you can find them on our website the audio will be on the website you can watch the videos again on youtube and uh, from now on though for the next few weeks we're going to be um, moving into uh, studying uh, the psalms going back to the psalms uh, as we seek to just know god that little bit better and I say go back to the Psalms because uh, if you remember that the first one in the series we looked at the Bible, I, uh, I spoke from Psalm 1. And today we're going to take the next step, which is to look at Psalm 2. Um, and the, one of the great things about this, this new platform, this church online that we, we, uh, we've launched today, um, there should be a little uh, tab for you to click that says Bible. Um, you'll be able to find there. Uh, Psalm 2 for yourself and uh, I would encourage you to do that because uh, it means that you'll be able to follow along as, as I go through and, and see the bits that I'm re referring to so, so make the most of that and uh, for those of you who, who know the Bible well and uh, you're thinking hang on Psalm 2 and we've only done Psalm 1 is this is this going to be a three year series are we going to do all 150 Psalms panic not we take the Bible very seriously at Grace Church. We we like to be thorough, but I think uh, I think that would be excessive even for us. Now we're going to be uh, just picking out um, uh, different ones as we go through, picking out different themes. And today we're going to be looking at uh, God as our ruler. Uh, and I will be reading from the English Standard Version, Psalm two. Then, why? Do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying let us let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us he who sits in the heavens laughs the Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I've set my king on Zion, my holy hill. 
I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break or that, that could be you shall rule them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth, serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Apparently, uh, John Lennon didn't much care for Paul McCartney's song Yesterday. And I know, I know, Beatles trivia, a lot of you are rolling your eyes if you know me and snoring, but please pay, pay, pay with me. I think, I think this one's worth it. Um, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, John Lennon didn't really care for it. And it could be that he was just, you know, a jealous guy who, who wished he'd written it for himself. Uh, but he said that he didn't like it because it didn't really go anywhere. Which is true, actually, because if you think about it, the beginning and the end is just the same. They start and end with the same word. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away, a lot of moaning, and then <laughs> I believe in yesterday. Which means it doesn't have uh, you know, a narrative, a beginning, middle and end. But what it does is it evokes a, a sense of obsession, a sense of fixation that the singer is 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 you know focus on everything that he lost yesterday and psalm one and two kind of have that too because these these are a pair they they open uh the the, the book of psalms and and in some places they'd even squash them together as one long psalm and uh and if you remember psalm one how does it start it says this blessed is the man who and how does this one finished blessed are all who take refuge in him psalm 1 and 2 are a pair that are obsessed fixated on being blessed by god and in psalm 1 the way to this blessing or happiness as we discovered then true true happiness was to dedicate yourself to the word of God, to, to reading his Bible, to letting him fill you. In Psalm 2, it's, uh, <laughs> it's about submitting yourself to the rule of a king. Blessed are all who take refuge in him, in the king. Which actually leads on from uh, last week. As, uh, as Steve said, at the beginning of Jesus's uh, ministry in, in the Gospel of Mark, he says the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And gospel just means good news. And the good news is that we can repent. We can turn away from a life where we try to rule ourselves. And we come to a kingdom. The kingdom of God, where there is a king who is Jesus. Repentance at its core says, I, I can't look after myself, really. I can't rule my own life. I've tried. It always blows up in my face. 
That's what the Bible calls sin. Someone asked me the other day, what, what is it to be a Christian? You know, what, what do you have to believe? How do you have to act? And, you know, I've never found a, a better summation than in, uh, than in Romans 10. And I'm going to paraphrase, but it says, if you believe in your heart that Jesus rose from the dead and by that your sins are forgiven, and if you confess with your mouth, if you say out loud, Jesus is Lord, then you'll be saved. Happiness is found by turning away from a life of self-service and into a life that says, Jesus, you are my king. You are my Lord. You rule in my life. But I'm getting ahead of myself because... Uh, uh, this this psalm was written about a thousand years uh, before Jesus. So how could it possibly be about him? Well, we'll come back to that. Psalm 2 was what's known as a uh, coronation psalm in which uh, a king is crowned. Uh, and uh, actually the, the word in, in verse 2 is, is anointed, which is God's chosen one. Because God rules the world, okay? He makes the sun rise, he makes the sun set, he gives us everything we need. But one of the things we do need are political leaders, actually, uh, both then and now, whom we're called to obey uh, in, in the Old Testament and the New, because their authority is given to them by God, which means we should obey lockdown and all the other measures that are in place at the moment. But in these days, uh, the king, the anointed one, uh, was David. And later his son Solomon, who ruled in uh, Jerusalem, which is Zion, we see in verse 6, the hill of Zion is Jerusalem. And they were to protect uh, the people of God from neighbouring enemies. God even says in verse 7 that David, he's, he's my son. He's my king. I've chosen him. Don't mess with him or you will get my, my, my wrath, my fury, my terror, we see in verse, uh, verse 5. And then the king himself is is commanded to rule, verse 9, with a rod of iron. Which, uh, for the people of the day, would have put them in mind of, of a, a majestic scepter, but also a humble shepherd's crook. Because the anointed ones of God aren't chosen to, to lord it over the people. No, they, they're meant to be servant kings those who, who get involved with their people. And God installs the king as an answer to chaos and rebellion. We, we see another little uh, pairing between um, Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 here, because um, we have in, in, this, in verse 1 of Psalm 2, uh, why do the peoples plot in vain and this this word plot is actually the same word in, in hebrew in the original language uh as the word we have in uh psalm 1 verse 2 meditate there he he meditates on the law of the lord he thinks about that all day in this one in in psalm 2 they think about how to bring down god psalm 1 then is a, a christ shaped image of how we should live, how we should be fixated on God. Psalm 2 then depicts the reality of humanity. 
as they try to bring down God. And this, this book is thousands of years old, but actually nothing's changed. You know, you read Dawkins, you laugh with Gervais, my namesakes. You read Philip Pullman, a children's author who sets right at the centre of his Northern Lights books, a man trying to bring down God. But God's rule isn't up for debate. He's not there to be usurped. It's impossible. He rules. He gets to decide what happens with the world. That's his right. Verse 4 says, He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Which doesn't mean he's uninterested in their, in their sufferings, in their day-to-day life. He, he is the servant king. He gets involved. We'll see that later. But he's so confident in his right to rule that he just laughs at the arrogance of man who says, I'm going to rule over you. It's a, it's a bit like if a worm came wriggling up to you and they could talk and he says, I'm, I'm going to rule over you, full-sized human. What? How? He is the creator. We are the created. He is the all-knowing. We are the ever-learning. He is the eternal. We're the part-time. We're here today, we're gone tomorrow. Psalm 1 even describes us as chaff. Dry grass that blows away in the wind. Shakespeare understood some of this when he wrote in, uh, in Macbeth that our fleeting lives are like a poor actor that struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is never heard from again. He was wrong, of course, Shakespeare. Our lives are of more value than that. Because we are made in the image of God. It's not like worms and humans. And God has set in our hearts, each of us, a sense of eternity. Which means we all have an idea of a creator or a creative force, whatever your worldview, really. But in Jesus... Through Jesus, we get to know this creator. And not just as God, but as Father. Which means that though he rules, we as sons and daughters get to come to the ruler of the world and ask him questions about what's going on. (laughs) why things are the way they are, especially in these days when it seems actually that the chaos rules, the nations rage, governments don't seem to know what they're doing, advice keeps changing and all our best laid plans keep slipping through our fingers like sand. Cheryl and I, my wife and Cheryl and I, we're, we're 
due to plant a church, start a new one up in Newcastle later this year. Which means, you know, uprooting our family, selling and buying a house and recruiting a team and encouraging them to do the same thing. And more even, at least my job, you know, we know what that's going to be. They've all got to find new jobs. How is that going to happen in this climate? You can be sure I have been praying. I've been saying to my father in heaven, what are you doing? This was not in the script. How do you plant a church in a pandemic? By the access to the father that Jesus affords us by his cross, we get to come, sons and daughters, and question the Almighty. What a privilege. But we must never forget that he is in charge. Which is good. Which is good because not only is his rule his right, but his rule is righteous. Not only is his rule his right, but his rule is righteous. He rules perfectly in all wisdom and insight. And like a loving father, he seeks to do us good. And he brings himself his righteous glory. I, uh, <laughs> I think most of the times I fall out with my three-year-old uh, are when we... I guess we have different priorities. Um, you know, it might be that, that, that my priority uh, is that, you know, we put on her, her coat and her shoes so we can go out, you know, in pre-lockdown days. Um, <laughs> we go out to the park or, um, you know, the coffee shop, something she'll like anyway. Rarely is that her priority. Her priority is much more like, oh, Daddy, I actually, I'm going to put this rock in a pot. Or, uh, I'm, I'm, I've, I've got a flower. Yeah, you pinched that from the garden, didn't you? Uh, I found this flower and I now need to tear it up expertly. Or I've, I've found this interesting piece of rubbish that I'm going to stare at rather than put on her shoes and coat. Our priorities are different. I want so much more for her than scabby old rocks and bits of rubbish. I have good plans to go to the coffee shop. And to get there, sometimes it means I have to get her to do something she doesn't want to do right there and then. But a king, and we're back to God now, not me, the king that agrees with his subjects, all of them, is no king at all. Rather, a king should rule, rule wisely for his kingdom. And sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean the best thing for the individual. I don't think I think like that. I operate on a very self-focused plane. I don't mean selfish. I just mean, God, you said you were going to bless me, so I want you to do that. Now. And so that I notice. But Jesus is not like that. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah, Jesus is not like that. He is a servant king who submits to the will of God. He knew that joy was before him, that as he, the son, brought many brothers to eternal life, he knew that was coming. But for him to achieve this new life, he, the seed, had to the fall to the floor and die. But that is typical of God. It is typical of his rule. Because he is not some distant watchmaker that wound up the universe and now just lets it run itself out. No, he gets involved. He is a servant king. Since Eden, when the enemy came, man fell, death reigned, evil has plagued God's creation. But since the beginning, what the enemy has meant for evil, God has turned to good. And the Bible, the Bible is full of stories that prove that that's true. But it's also true now. Because evil could be, you know, the rebellious kings of Psalm 2. But it could also be coronavirus. COVID-19 is evil. Let's be clear. It is fallen. It, it brings us to death, our great enemy. It should revolt us. I've, uh, I've been uh, rereading uh, some early church history uh, recently to uh, you know, have a look at how they uh, dealt with uh, epidemics and the like, because um, they, they faced it much more frequently than we did. And, uh, and I've been... Uh, reading this one again, um, this is, sorry, I got that in the camera shot, uh, The Rise of Christianity by, by Rodney Stark, there we are, um, and he's, he's not a theologian, he's a sociologist, I'm not sure he's even a Christian, and uh, he, he points out that even in the midst of uh, the epidemics in the you know, second and third century, that Christianity, despite the odds, grew. It grew. Many people put their uh, trust in Jesus as king. Faced with suffering, they said, yes, you will be the ruler of my life. And the reason for that was that uh, Christianity had the, the best reason for evil in the first place, the fall, and, and the best hope beyond the suffering, the resurrection. Christians also uh, lived longer. Now, Stark would be a bit more dubious about uh, the miraculous uh, than, than we would. But he did acknowledge that, you know, as the people of God came under the, the, the rule of God, the law of God, the, uh, you know, the law that's in the Bible, the perfect plan for, uh, for God's people, the perfect way of living, that they lived longer, that they thrived, which was an attractive evangelistic tool. And lastly, 
many people lost community in these epidemics and they found it again in the church you see what the enemy meant for evil all through of history god turns to good always and please don't hear what i'm not saying we must never trivialize or devalue human life we are made every one of us in the image of god and that gives us supreme value and i don't know what's happening in the world right now i don't know why this is going on i don't know if what happened in the second and third century is going to happen again how can i possibly know that but i have a father who does know that who i know will turn all evil to good because he is wise because he is powerful because he sees the beginning from the end and one day there will come a day when we will look back at this time and say it was better that it happened that way it was better that god's plan was the one that happened i don't know how that will be but i trust god that it will be and this is a huge topic it's, and there's real human loss grief right now I've experienced that personally. My uh, grandfather died with this disease uh, over the Easter weekend. And in lieu of the church building being open, we've, we've set up a pastoral helpline. Uh, you can find the number on our, our website. Um, please, if you've been affected by this evil virus, do call. We'd love to chat. Finally then, God is not the distant watchmaker. He doesn't rule at a distance. He gets involved. Psalm 2 is a coronation psalm that speaks of God's temporarily appointed leaders. But ultimately... It points to an everlasting king. Verse 8 says this. God says to his king, Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. This promise to David that he would have an heir who would have a global everlasting kingdom could not be fulfilled by a mere man and was fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus is the son of verse 7 whom God has begotten and just like in David's day as enemies kindled the wrath of God so Jesus the son the servant king the wielder of the scepter and the shepherd's crook was crowned not on Zion but on the hill of Calvary Golgotha the place of the skull 
And there he took the wrath, the fury, the terror of God. He was crowned with thorns. His kingship was mocked. We can invert verse 4. He or they who stand on the earth laugh as man holds their Lord in derision. You see, God's answer to chaos and evil is not to rule at a distance, but to get involved. To install a king on the hill. God's solution to sin and sickness is not to leave us to it, but to pour wrath, not only even on his persecutors, but on his own son, on David's heir, the promised king. Just after David's coronation, 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 to 16, God promises this heir to David. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He, Jesus, shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, which is sin, and we know Jesus didn't do that, but he absorbed ours. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod, with the rod of men and with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Jesus, the King, rules. The kingdom was at hand. We are called to turn away from our lives of self-service and believe that Jesus is the King. He has defeated the enemy. He has turned his wicked schemes to good. And he has risen. The conquering king. The defeater of death. And now we, his subjects, his sons, his daughters, live in the good of his victory. No guilt in life. No fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power 
of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand until he returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ I stand. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you have a wonderful Sunday. Please click the connect button. We'd love to get to know you. See you again. Bye-bye.